Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat, recorded live on January 8th, 2021, over on Twitch TV, Twitch.tv slash As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Deepstone Crypt Raid. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the highly caffeinated green-eyed music lover. That explains so much. It really hey. does. Hey, no, I'm I've just been up since like, five. That, that honestly does actually explain. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Hi, this is Resident Otter Mom. Hey, it's Orchid. Uh, yeah, it's chat Orchid. is demanding that Orchid answer the question of House Flipper lore when? Tuesday. Tomorrow, Tuesday. actually. Yeah, we'll do tomorrow. Saturday. Okay. Saturday. Got it. There you go. For anyone who's sorry that you missed the live House Flipper lore stream from Orchid. Yeah. More explanation for green mechanics. Caffeine. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we survived 2020. Uh, now we have to deal with how it won, because, you know, 2021. Um, Prestige level 2020. Oh, that's terrifying. Did you yeah, see the me- someone, sent, someone sent me a meme of uh, Phoenix's Joker uh, on a stairwell with... Um, Pennywise, it's like oh, 2020 oh, showing 2021 the workspace. It's like, ah, uh, um, <laughs> Chad's mad at me for the joke. So, anyways, we're yeah, to we're gonna day. we're gonna start off as disjointed as we normally start off, and mm-hmm. Orchid's gonna shill some stuff for us. Um, or wait, no, Orchid's got a few special announcements for us. I think is the way I'm I do have to say, a right? few special announcements. Um, I would love you guys to visit us on thelornetwork.com alongside many impressive lore talk lore content creators, and please let us know your thoughts on the weekly lore roundups. Um, we do both for podcasts and for YouTube. So you can let us know um, at Focused Fire Chat uh, on Twitter, or you can add us at the Lore Network as well on Twitter. Um, also, please leave us a review over on iTunes. Uh, five-star reviews really help us, so it allows other people to find us on iTunes. Also, it really makes our day, so I would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 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 
And mm-hmm, a big, mm-hmm. sh- big shout out to Green, who uh, Destiny Lore Audiophile hit a big milestone this weekend or earlier this week. Yeah, I think a couple days ago. Yeah, a couple days ago, you sent me the was it ten thousand ten thousand yeah. downloads, ten thousand downloads mm-hmm. for DLA. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge, huge milestone. And so yeah, exciting. in less than six months. Right? Congratulations, Green. Ha- congratulations, the team. It's not just me. Yeah. But it's not just me. Still, congratulations. It's been uh, good. It's been good. I've had a few extra people lately who have hit me up who we've added to the Discord channel that we're doing a lot of the planning. And I've got three more books being worked on by various voice actors and fun fun readers. And we've got some D1 lore coming back. So 2021 is going to be some good Destiny Lore audio file for your ears. Also, um, we have an actual sponsor for this episode, guys. If you guys would go to LootCrate.com, you can get 15% off most Loot Crates um, and subscriptions. You can um, put in Robots Radio as a code to get that 15% off. And Uh currently, right now, I'm actually looking at the Loot Crates. And Uh there's a lot of really cool stuff. There is... um, you're, you could still get the Destiny crate is still there. It's and the fifteen percent does apply for the Destiny crate for the yeah. The but Mortally... I'm looking at this Britney Spears limited edition fashion doll series <laughs> crate. They and have the, a. They um, have a. I think they just announced the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one too. They did. There's a Pixar limited edition series mm-hmm. crate. There's a ReZero Crunchyroll crate that I really really want as well because I'm a huge. Weeb. So um, if you want to get your weeb on, um, there's also a Hogwarts one if you really like Harry Potter. So uh, there's something for everybody. So if you really want to get yourself some really cool stuff to put behind you when you're streaming or you want to hide from your wife or you want to show your wife um, or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, then uh, head over to LootCrate.com and use the 15% off code for Robots Radio. Yeah, and I will will say that I got the first the first destiny crate in the mail uh a while a little while back and they had the um tower hoodie that my wife promptly stole from me um and she has not i don't think she's taken it off yet because she like Mm -hmm. it's apparently extremely comfortable and it's actually a really it's a really really pretty um color like it's got like a really nice blue tone to it um Mm -hmm. they also had tumblers whiskey tumblers with the trostland logo on it so it was it was actually like i know loot crate's been kind of like a hit or miss recent like the past couple years it's been kind of like it's a 50 50 chance like i've actually been pretty impressed with the the limited crates that they've put out they are Mm -hmm. more pricey and you don't get them every month but to me i think it's actually it's kind of that quality that used to be every month back in the day with loot crate so right so but they all look really great right now there's a lot of really cool stuff so if you guys want some really cool things um and you just have like a little bit extra with that you know that six hundred dollars you're getting in the mail if you're american so yeah one of the things i used to do with loot crate is i had an after school gaming class essentially for students who didn't want to do sports and i would Mm -hmm. use the leftover loot crate stuff that i did not Mm -hmm. want as prizes for them and they thought it was awesome I mean, yeah. There's. I mean, I, I I'm a huge fan of Loot Crate. They they've I've been getting their stuff for so many years now, and it's like 
I've always they've always had something like you know something in one of the crates that has been like oh that's kind of that's really cool like even they used to do the whole thing with the crates where you could actually uh tear open the like tear apart the box and they like we i have um a harley uh hammer like the hammer from suicide squad or um harley Mm -hmm. quinn's hammer they had that loot crate they had an optimus prime one like back in the day where you took apart the crate and then like cut it up a little bit and you could actually make the optimus optimus prime uh, truck so it is really kind of cool um <laughs> basic basic orchid in chat is is the is the theme right now i guess uh but uh, orchid really likes that Britney spears loot crate guys <laughs> that's all that's happening in chat and everyone's calling me super basic for it so i'm just defending myself Against, like, poor little, like, 1998 orchid over here, who definitely had the blonde pigtails and sang to that all the time in elementary school. It's okay. So. That's, you're not fired. Um... Yeah, I keep trying to get him fired. <laughs> you guys keep not firing me. Chat, chat has, chat has agreed to continue your employment with Focus Fire Chat. Um... Thanks, guys. I appreciate your support in 2021 in these difficult times. The support has uh, allowed me to keep putting food on the table. Wait, what? This, yeah, this, this, this crepe cake and this bubble tea that I'm eating. Oh, man. All right. So jumping right into it, uh, just some like basic like kind of the cocktail knowledge piece of the intro session. Um <laughs> So the Deep Stone Crypt is something that's been around for, uh, gosh, six years, seven years? When did Destiny 1 first come out? Because that's basically when it came out. Like, Deep Stone Crypt has been around for... D1. There was was the Titan Mark. So, I mean, it's, you know, I think... Legends... Well, and I know, like, yeah, yeah, Ghost Fragment Legends was huge, Mm -hmm. was another one. Like, it's been, I mean, we've been speculating about the Deepstone Crypt for, I mean, yeah, almost as long as we've been playing Destiny. Um, You know, and for the, do you want to read the Ghost Fragment Legends green that you had pulled up here? Well, I could read it. I could, I I just had an easy summary of it here. So after the collapse, most Exos knew the Deepstone Crypt only as a dream that many of them would experience. Some of them um, would see they would make it to this tower in peace. Some of them actually had to fight through waves of people that they knew in life before they got to the tower. And it was a tower on a black plane. We used to think that was the reboot setting. That was that's what I remember us talking about last time, Jay. Is that we we discussed that that's the defragmentation that you're getting rid of all those bad thoughts. Yeah, we... which has been disproven. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, but I'm not. I mean, it's like every theory that I have with Destiny. I'm not upset. I have more questions. Now. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, like the Tower Dream. Oh my gosh! Yeah, sorry. The Tower Dream, like the explanation of the Tower Dream, actually brings up more questions. But it also confirms mm-hmm. that the Tower Dream is got really nothing to do with the reset or with the Deepstone Crypt. It was a. You want to know what I think it is? Are we already going to jump into that? 
Let's the do simulation. It. Yeah, the Exo Challenge simulation. I do think it. that's I think that's what they were. Like those are basically the same memories of that. So my challenge to that, like I, I, I kind of am in agreement. I think it's along the same lines as the Exo Challenge, but the thing is I, I actually kinda of tie the tower and the black plane as the long slow whisper. Um, mm-hmm. in a similar vein as along, I don't know if it, I don't know necessarily. I think it's, I don't think it's the same thing, but I think it's in the same mm-hmm. kind of thematic thing. The reason I wouldn't say it was an exo challenge is because the exo challenges were designed by the Clovis AI. And at the time of the exos, we have record of the tower dream before the Clovis AI was in place. So, and when Wait, Clo- like before everything so so before the- in the timeline in the timeline of everything like the exos like the exos that we have documented notes from clovis being upset about dreaming of a tower existed before the clovis ai the big the big clovis ai head before mm-hmm. that was in place because that didn't happen until after clovis had had pretty much died because he right. uploaded himself into the AI and then also, well, he never fully, completely uploaded himself into Clovis 1, but that was the intent, was he was to have a mobile platform in Clovis 1, and then the basic, or the the um, the giant head was kind of like his home fallback point. That's why creation was, des- creation was described as one of the safest places in the system, because that was ultimately the heart of where Clovis was before the whole event of deep stone crypt before the the events that we're going to be talking about with the deep stone crypt raid the ai was his kind of fallback thing but that ai is also the one who is responsible for creation and management of the exoscience simulations so like and training of elsie he talks about how he right. designed those specifically for her and that for, she made them mm-hmm. through right but see, all that all that didn't happen until later in the exoscience program but we have early prototype exos talking about the tower dream um in not just in the Deepstone crypt raid lore but also uh we the 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 story with micah um, the mm-hmm. the snippet that they hear between Cade and the unknown other, I'm trying to remember which EXO, Exo. he was talking to. Right. I think it was Win. It was either Win or I think it was Win. But um, the two of them when they were when they had that conversation that Micah overhears, they're talking about the tower. They were talking about the tower and about how like the dreams and how they weren't going to tell the tell Micah's father. Um, about Hector. it because uh it was heck yeah hector was the psychologist right psychologist yeah mm-hmm. so like i mean the the only i think it's in the same vein as the the simulation the exo challenge simulations but i don't think they are the exo challenge simulations i think that clovis as most of wayland utani does he took it and modified it to fit his purpose um that being said i I am interested in like the thoughts about the tower because it does seem like a fragmentation uh, resolution thing. Uh, it also is very interesting to me because when we first encounter the darkness, we meet them on a plane of flowers and 
there is no tower that I remember from that cutscene, but there is a plane. And so we know with the Alkahes creation process, the darkness is involved in what it what makes Exos successful. Um, so I'm curious about that as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. So should we go into what we now know about the Deepstone Crypt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's I I've been very happy with how the Deepstone I have not done the raid. I won't do the raid, so don't don't hold your breath on that. But Blow. the way Wow, the, that's I just I, think you I should. It's meh. fun. I know the story and that's really my only interest in it. Like the only and I'll get grief for that, but I mean I don't really I haven't raided since King's Fall. King's Fall. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a horrible experience from a mechanic standpoint. So that it's really... not so bad right now. No, I've heard I've heard wonderful things that it, it's very nice. But from a mechanic standpoint, I just don't have any interest in it. But from a lore standpoint, like what happens with the Deepstone Crypt as a as the raid process, and especially the consequences of that raid process in the game world as a whole, is is really really significant um especially with focus on europa like it 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 explains so much of what's happening on europa in game currently um so as far as like the actual raid piece um we know the major figures uh i know this will trigger some people uh atrax the wild card or atrax one you know, kind of to hint at something to the come there. Uh, Tanix, Tanix is back, guys. Um, this time Again. he has it. He has such a cockroach. <laughs> you won't die. The the theories of Tanix that have grown from his involvement with Deepstone Crypt have been enlightening. Um, I and have a theory. Very interesting. Tanix has stock and hostess. Because Twinkies never go bad. That's a false claim. I was going to say because he's the sweetest Twinkies go bad. Twinkies go bad 45 days after they've been made. But anyways. I don't know. I've eaten them. The way my grandpa eats them. I never said you can't eat them. I never said you can't eat them. Technically. (laughs) I mean, they're they're edible, so they're not bad. There's so many preservatives like, in them. It's like that's like French fries. I mean, you find a French fry ten years later, you can technically still eat it. I wouldn't advise it, but don't tell me what to do with the food I find under the seat of my car. <laughs> if you heat it up, it's still a little. Yeah. Anyways, Aramis, Aramis is also involved in a little bit. Uh, and Green, I know you wanted to talk about Aramis's involvement because of the way that the Glassway Strike actually is tied into the Deepstone Crypt. Um, yeah, uh, Aramis basically is the reason that we kind of have to go into it, the Deepstone Crypt in general, not only because she's the big baddie for the season that we take care of in the first couple of days, but she's also the one who's kind of orchestrating this whole transition that Atrax and Tanix are have experienced the thing that I would likely I would like to go over is why 
why just the two? Was there only enough exofluid that we got from the glassway strike for that? Because Tanix, I would I would argue that it was our interrupting that is the reason why, because um, Atrax there are multiple copies of Atrax, mm-hmm. um, and I. Like, given especially what we learn with the A Hard Rain Falls quest uh, from Exo Stranger, um, and and when we get introduced to the Clovis AI, uh, it, it really is, I think we just threw a wrench into the machinery, liter- literally and figuratively, um, that kind of stop them short i don't i think that we would have had more fallen exos if they had had more time to prep for it but basically Mm. we hear oh hey they're doing this and then immediately go there to stop them like there was no there was no like oh we're gonna give them a you know a month or two while we get ready so that they can get ready so that we can have a big fight no it was kind of like as most guardians approach things there's a problem. Here's a sledgehammer. Let's break it. Um, right. And I think that's the reason. I I actually really like the theory that Tanix has had access to Deepstone Crypt technology prior to this this reveal of him. Um, it kind of explains some of the things about Tanix. Um, it also opens a lot of interesting debates and questions about that, but. Um, I know that's a really popular theory right now. That is, that's why Tanix is even here, is because Tanix actually had been using Deep Scroll or the DSC technology. Tanix has, has access to Siva too. Correct. Tanix perf- or the Siva perfected version, right? And like that, that was... and yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's actually the the argument for the theory that Tanix had Exotech already. Uh, the reason why that kind of holds water, I, I'm, I haven't done a full dive into the, just the theory just yet, but I can see it holding water because A, it explains how he dies and then comes back repeatedly. Um, and then also, if he has Exotech already, Siva is another technology from Clovis Bray's warehouse, if you will. So the the synchronicity between the two would make a lot of sense. Just they were in te- totally different areas, though. Like Siva was not on Europa. Correct, and that go and that is Tanix did not have Siva until we discovered Siva. Like Tanix didn't get Siva, didn't use the Siva mites until we unleashed it on Mars. Tanix is an Apple junkie. He's got to yes. have the newest y- iPhone. Yeah, I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, I think that is. As funny as that is, I think it's also pretty accurate too. Tanix mm-hmm. is Tanix is. I mean, we've we've known that Tanix is loyal to only himself. Um, the entire with uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but they have an entire entry from Tanix that is detailing uh, why he took the contract to free the priest and not Aramis. Because Tanix actually is a compatriot of Aramis from back in the day. And he chose right. not to free Aramis from the Prison of Elders, but he did free the... Um, oh, God, who was it? Uh, the Archon Priest of the of House Winter, oh, I think. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the he he actually has a note in the I think it's the Deepstone Crypt lore, but it's a it's a letter that's basically him exp- like kind of like the correspondence setting up the contract to free the Archon priest. And it's like, oh yeah, the only reason he did that was because he got paid. Like he he legitimately is a mercenary. Um and so Tanix is very much addicted to or I wouldn't even say addicted to he's always looking for an opportunity to become stronger. Uh which is where you kind of see him Yeah. And and Black Flag is talking about it too. Like, yeah, he's he's like he's always been more machine. He's always been on the 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 cutting right. edge he's of that splicer Yeah, that splicer edge. technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, with Tanex coming back and then you have a tracks or eight track, depending on who you talk to. Then you have Aramis wanting an exo body. Is that, do we know that for certain? Like, was she actually wanting to go exofied? We don't know that for was... certain. Um, I don't think we know that for certain. I would not. So this is, this is actually something I was, I was replaying my, my son started playing destiny. And so we were replaying the campaign and it gave me a chance to play on the Titan. Like to, it gave me an excuse basically to, to unlock all the adventures again and replay them. Um, one of the things that keeps being presented to me with stasis that I, I find very interesting is, is that to date, Guardians are still the only non-hive characters who are not bound by death. So like even even the Exo Stranger who has stasis abilities, even the Fallen who have stasis abilities, they are still bound to a singular life. Um putting aside the Exo's time hopping capabilities for just a second right. there. But like if they die they die like there is no ghost there is no dark variant of ghosts to bring them back so the guardian is actually significantly more powerful in the sense that we have that reset capability um which is where you see things with atrax and aramis i can see aramis chasing down that exotech for that exact purpose is Right. We know Wanting we know forever. right. We know that stasis can be wielded by exos. We know that stasis can be wielded by people who have not been exposed to enormous quantities of paracausal energy because it is in its own sense, its own unique sense of paracausal energy. So if you can give yourself an exo frame that is backed up with the ability to I mean it's not it's not that you have more power, it's that you have now a an escape of a reset if i yeah if i die oh i just have to go back to the checkpoint it's i mean the checkpoint though would be the the backed up files mm-hmm. correct yeah yeah, yeah. The, correct correct in the deep yeah. stone crypt mm-hmm. it wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't unless you backed up constantly you wouldn't necessarily have all the current memories that you had prior correct though that being said with the lore that we got about uh, Clovis or Banshee and Elsie, we know that mm-hmm. the backups are are able to be taken very quickly um, as long mm-hmm. as they're not back to back to back to back. Um, once the initial the initial fatal scan has been done, it sounds like the backups are really easy to 
to uh, process because they were doing backups while they were fighting the Vex uh, when when it was Clovis 1 through 43. Um, the backups that they made of themselves were very... It seemed like they were on the go like because they were dying so fast that they were actually burning through memory banks. The processing could not keep up with them, which to me read you're you're able to process a lot of a lot of that data on the fly um yes and they black flag is calling out there was a cutscene at the at the the ending of the campaign where aramis tells atrax to go prepare the body now we don't know which body it was being which was being referred to um could be Atrax's exobody, it could be Tanix's exobody, or it could be another exo frame. Like, you know, we don't we don't know that. Um yeah, and then earlier I think Pins was talking about we also for for regards to um why there are not like fifty billion of these fallen running around, uh if I remember correctly, the fallen exo are larger than humans. Um, and then also, so we don't know how much Alkahest they require. Uh, mm-hmm. Alkahest, mm-hmm. Alkahest is we the, well, just real quick, Alkahest is the combination of Vex mind fluid that has been exposed to clarity or the darkness. So mm-hmm. it does that, and that kind of does. Vex juice. Yeah, that, that ties back into the reason for the Glassway strike is. The Glassway strike was actually we actually lost the Glassway strike. Like we we won in that we denied the Vex the ability mm-hmm. to come through and invade. But Aramis actually won a bigger battle because she collected all the mind fluid at the end when all the when that bowl drains. Um, that is Aramis actually collecting all that radiolarian fluid to be made into more Alkahest for the Exo project. Um, the other thing real quick on Aramis that I can see being the reason why she would be very interested in exo frames is exos don't require ether. Correct. So you have, you have, yep. And you have Aramis as with every other leader of the fallen to this point has, has explored a way to break that, that dependency. Aramis actually has probably one of the most legit, ways of doing exactly that because she if also she also destroys her own servitor like one of the lesser yeah. servitors yes yeah which is really super sad because i i went there i think that was a conversation green you and i had where i was like oh no we gained the name of name of that servitor just basically to watch it die we did it it was a different servitor that i was seeing but i was like um but she she does in that cutscene talk about how um, they're shaking off the chains of the ether, and I mm-hmm. think that's I think that's part and part. She does it while she's wielding stasis, so I think a lot of people, and rightfully so, are connecting that to oh well, they're going to replace ether with stasis. The problem is, is though, even though Aramis and her lieutenants have stasis, if you notice, they still are breathing ether. Like stasis, stasis isn't replacing ether. So I, I really think that the entire focus of Aramis on the Deepstone Crypt and the Exoscience program is exactly that. She is looking the same way that Clovis was in a way. She is looking to translate her 
flesh and blood people into exo bodies um, because that will effectively shatter the chains of dependence that the fallen as a species have on ether um, which taking that out of the context of Aramis as a megalomaniac is actually not a bad plan like that actually it works you just have to taking it out of the context is is also really difficult because Aramis is also a megalomaniac and mm-hmm. she she has been corrupted by both stasis and the power of being the kell of the house salvation so what happens after the raid what has happened to like we I know we're going to go into the actual raid itself I think a little bit more in depth in the advanced session yeah um this but is actually what's the what do we see outside uh this is actually my my favorite or one of my favorite in-game explanations to the changing terrain that we've had in destiny um because basically there's the infamous scene of i think it was t-rex getting to go to space um the the during I'm the raid space. i'm at space um during the raid what happens is very briefly to kind of explain it we get sent up to a orbital st- <clears throat> an orbital station over europa coined morning star um morning star as an orbital station i think orchid you were the one that had the question of like what is morning star um um it was more like it wasn't what is it was more like what's the actual purpose of purpose it. okay um or like what was the end goal of morning star morning star was really? literally um a like kill the switch. end goal of it yeah the end goal of morning star was literally a a kill switch for the entirety of the europa base um we see that with clovis bray in his logbook that we got uh he says if we are endangered by clarity control it is only through accident or miscommunication or punishment punishment is a key part of any teaching process still i am keenly aware that there might be some danger i cannot foresee it's so humble of him to to admit that um, so I have an ordered an orbital platform constructed over the worksite. If we need catastrophic containment or a quick and thorough redaction of our work here, the platform will excurse from its orbit and collide with the site. Europa's orbital dynamics make even higher polar orbits very unstable, so the platform needs onboard power for course correction. A fission reactor makes sense. It, it requires less frequent refueling than a fusion plant, and it's easy to hide something in the design that will allow it to achieve uh, extremely prompt criticality. Now we can proceed with peace of mind. So basically, Morningstar was meant to serve as a contingency plan for the overall work on Europa. Uh, it was a, a fallback plan to, A, contain anything that comes from the... Uh, the the star that they were basically farming uh the vex they were basically like hey if this if this all goes sideways we can just nuke the the ever-living bejesus out of the site and b it also was like hey if we ever get in trouble with legal ramifications we'll just redact everything that we did here and oh it was an accident it it was an accident um it was also all it was also connected to the fact that with clarity clovis said specifically that they were not to move clarity as they did with the k1 artifact because they had they tried and nearly 20 people were killed 
because the artifact lashed out and and specifically like eradicated nine i think it was 19 people um so it actually played nice in the in his plans because he's like okay well it's not going anywhere it doesn't want to go anywhere so we can build something directly over it and instead of worrying about making it mobile and being able to track things we just focus it all you know clarity was basically ground zero for for uh morning stars landing <laughs> i guess would be the word for it um which is actually part of the entire reason that the raid or part of the entire purpose of the raid was the guardians not just stopping the exo the exofication if you will of the fallen but also killing the thrusters on morningstar so that it didn't collide with europa because at the start that is one of the announcements that you hear in the audio files is the clovis ai announcing that the morningstar will be activated and the destruction will be, um, has been basically confirmed. Like he's basically calling down Morningstar. So we have to go. That's the reason we go up to the space station is we have to break all the security locks to then deactivate that process. Um, mm. And that leads into the Hard Rain Falls quest, which is where now we have various sectors of. Europa where the fallout from that attempted nuclear collision is is literally falling from the sky because there is so much of Morningstar still up in the air that has been broken apart in orbit going back to it because of that that orbital dynamics that Europa has it's so unstable that pieces are literally falling into falling into the the um the areas the reason we are being tasked with going to those areas is because the stranger recognizes that the fallen are going to continue to take advantage of any tech that falls down and survives that and we are being called to kind of basically deny them the advantage that anything of value that is still within that wreckage that's our job is we're we're denying them the ability to to gain any information from the wreckage of the morning star um, the other thing that came about as an effect of the raid is that it opened up the area of Europa play space that's known as creation. We kind of mentioned that earlier. Creation was arguably one of the safest places in the entire system. Uh, the reason being is that that is where Clovis housed the central component of his his the big exo head that's the clovis ai that's where he is housed is in creation so he he basically built a fortress around that um however following the destruction that we caused on the morning star the majority of the defenses of the deepstone crypt and of creation were negated um and so this was actually this is actually why we are able to just walk there um, so we, we actually were given the opportunity uh, following the defeat of Tanix to make our way to that AI hub um, and also unlock all the secret unlockables in the area, like the Exo frame. And I believe there is an augment quest that's in the creation area as well. 
I have not done the augment quests, so those are you're the, the one yeah, you has been working on them. Yeah, they're not. There's to be honest, there's nothing lore wise really on like it unlocks lore entries, but that's there is no in game like we hack into terminals that are that are hackable, but that's like there's no there's no in game dialogue with the augment quest. Um, yeah, and and then yes, the black flag is pointing out Morningstar is a is you know the naming convention there is a reference to Lucifer, the fallen angel. Um, there is also a really interesting little tidbit. Uh, there's a legendary weapon that you get from the completion of the hard rain hard rain quest, the high albedo. Um. It is actually an albedo is a term that means the proportion of the incident light or radiation that is reflected by a surface, typically that of a planet or moon. So really, when you say high albedo, what it is, is that that is one way to say that something has a high reflective surface or nature, especially when you're talking about planets, satellites and asteroids. So um, because Europa is mostly ice, it actually is very reflective and the the idea of the increased radiation exposure that Morningstar would have created. Um, there was a debate on Reddit, uh, Destiny Lore, I think, talking about the fallout effect of, like, if Morningstar had actually done what it was supposed to, like, would it have destroyed Europa? Would it have, would it have cracked the moon? Um, and there was there was a, a couple couple of the posters were pointing out that you know, probably not, but with all the radiation that we theoretically would have due to like the fission reactor and stuff like that, it would eradicate everything at ground zero, basically, which would be clarity. Um, and then it would invalidate light or it would, it would destroy air quote, the rest of the moon because of the radiation fallout. Like it would, um, yes, I, I, I understand that is a very, understandable thing to hear when i say that um you're not wrong green you're not wrong um hi abido albido yeah albido um but yeah so like the effect like i really i really like how with this raid <clears throat> like you can we kind of saw glint glimmers of this with like um garden of salvation and with how um, what was the other one uh, the dreaming city like we kind of saw how that last wish yeah last wish um, how like they kind of unlocked stuff but like this I th- I want to say this has been the biggest one that has actually changed the playscape that we we experience in Destiny as an overall overarching community. Um, like with Garden of Salvation, there was there were community aspects to it, but this is actually one of the times that we actually see something that is done in the raid l- literally change something irreversibly in the game world. Um, so I I think that was I want to say that's that's to me that's really cool. Um, I'm not sure if everyone agrees with that, but you know it. It is very interesting to see how, even as Guardians, we circumvented the purpose of the Morning Star, um, and then 
also created a new event in a way. Um, I am, I'm also interested in, in your guys' thoughts as to why with the, the afflicted areas, we have stasis regen increased. Um, I'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Mm. Uh, I don't. I mean, I have a thought, but I, I be, I'm, I'm letting someone else talk because, <laughs> well, I mean, I could go for uh, hours on this. I mean, if the Morning Star, I mean, you have the impacts, right? Like that's the whole debris falling down. But why, why would the space station have stasis? Any effect on stasis? I don't mm-hmm. know. I legit don't have any clue orchid i i don't i have no idea honestly uh so my my thought on that uh just my two cents we have documents that show pretty severe experimentation that was done on exos on the morning star um, which would, to me, imply that we have very large, potentially very large quantities of stasis, um, or at least alkahes. Well, I, I'm I'm already, I don't think we had alkahes because well, we might have alkahes. I don't know. I don't know about alkahes technically because alkahes, the last of it, was used to create banshee, and then right. when they recreated it. I'm trying to remember where exactly Atrax was created. I want to say Atrax was actually created on the surface of Europa. But Stasis itself, Clovis had access to Stasis. He didn't use it himself. But there's a there's a line from the Exo Stranger that basically during the Beyond Light quest, the... Um, she talks about how she, he was experimenting with yeah, stasis. Yeah, and that's the reason why we go after the mm-hmm. journal pieces. Right, yeah. He he basically, he had fragments of stasis imbued technology that he was experimenting with. Um, we also, with the drifter, that's where we get the, uh, the stasis heavy weapon that I just blanked on the name of. Um, Salvation's Grip, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The, because the, the grenade fa- launcher that's not a grenade launcher yeah which yeah the only yeah anyways the only thing i used it for was the the breaking of the shards and then i just basically sharded it um but like the uh the entire creation process of that that weapon was was touching on using fallen technology like fallen experiments and then like in stasis uh, so we basically backdoored a lot of what Praxis was doing. Um, now, Salvation's Group, we were able to unlock prior to the raid. Um, so that was not a prerequisite to getting Salvation's Group. Uh, but I think that because we know that he was experimenting, Clovis was experimenting with other scientists on Morningstar specifically with different things, I think there's... I think that's where there there's increased, if you will, increased. It's not radiation, but basically material in the air, if you would, that is drifting down in addition to the actual physical pieces of the station. I don't know if we have any real support of that being part of it, though. 
Oh, Viru is saying that it might have something to do with observes characteristics of Europa's mag- magnetosphere um, because there's a mention in the Vanguard letter of the collector's edition as well as early Clovis journal and the debris is maybe triggering something that is like... To, to me, the qu- the question is, the, the, the confusion that I have there is that stasis is arguably a paracausal capability. So... Why is manipulating a physical component of the area specifically acts, specifically increasing the regen speed of our own ability to conjure stasis, which is a very confusing Puzzling. sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, game wise, I know why it's to encourage people to play in the area because your your abilities regenerate faster. But that's one of the, that's one of the questions I did have about the the consequences of the station is this introduce, introduction of increased stasis regeneration in those areas, and it's very specifically called out like on your screen. It's a buff that you get while you're in that right. area. It just I don't know if they've. I can't think of anything that they've actually suggested that that is a result of. It, besides just game mechanic like there's nothing i'm recalling from any of the readings that would suggest that this would happen right right but i um, i don't i'm trying to find something like i'm looking through lore and i can't find anything that would suggest it either yeah and like i said the only thing that i can I can tell is different is that there are literally pieces of Morningstar falling. So I'm like, you know, in the same way that like radio radioactive fallout would, would cloud cloud the air that is, you know, around the explosion area. I'm like, well, maybe it's residual stasis energy from the Morningstar, but the, I mean, that ties a physical component to something that is inherently not necessarily 100% physical. Um, and so to me, it doesn't, that particular <laughs> particular thing doesn't make sense. But that might be, that might be the kind of the, the throwaway being like, oh, well, it's just because it's residual, residual energy from the, the debris that's falling from the Morning Star Station because they were doing crazy experiments. And I'm like, all right, that's, I mean, it doesn't have to make 100% sense necessarily, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's something that I, I don't think they've addressed, just like they haven't addressed Elsie's fish. I'm sure they will eventually. Just not mm-hmm. yet. I just want to know. I just want to have an answer to why Exos have a number carved in their flesh and how it gets updated. They just get a new body. Gee. <laughs> Wouldn't they, though? Wouldn't they get a new body? Not yeah. necessarily. I think they you can would. Get, you, no, you can get reset and still have the same body. It's happened. That's what Laxmi's trying to explore. It's a spontaneous resets. Right, but there's not very many instances of that happening. The vast majority of them have had new chassis, so to speak, to work with. Uh, Clovis is one of them. And I... I understand that, and I don't have a problem with that. But in the Dark Age, when a when an Exo would get reset, like Cade, 
where where did Cade get like did he get updated with it because their software is specifically called out that it updates their own software like their software updates it so that they refer to themselves with their new designation but there is a literal physical indication of the number that is carved on their chassis um we've had multiple references it's it's it, this is like one of the like nit gritty points that i'm like give me an answer maybe maybe they're just like like tally marks so they just like put another mark in and then you know at <laughs> five sleep, it's like they a the sleepwalking sleepwalking and they just like <laughs> No, it's just the person who resets and they just put another one and it's just... But meh. see, but but what about Banshee? Like, that's a lot of tally marks on Banshee's chassis. Where is he hiding all He's those? He's got a lot of scratch marks. Yeah. I'm thinking metal chiggers. Oh, Sivamites. Sivamites oh gets yeah. under the skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. no. All right. As you can tell, that's my that's my conclusion of what happens after the Deepstone Crypt. Jeez. <laughs> Exo tattoos. Exo tattoos. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I, you want to wrap up this session? Yes, I would say this is a good place to wrap up the intro session, and then with the advanced session, we can dive into the stages. I will rely on you and Orchid for that mechanical component and then um, talk a little bit more about was it eight tracks you referred to her as? Oh yeah, eight tracks. Mm-hmm. Eight tracks eight tracks, and tapes. eight yeah. tracks and the Cockroach. God, that's mm-hmm. a good band name right there. Um, eight tracks and the Cockroach. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, um, Final thoughts. I'm really happy with it from a lore perspective. The raid, the raid, I think satisfied a lot of the the, the questions, but it did it in a way where, as with most Bungie stuff, it created more questions. They're like, "Here's the answer." That's actually another question to the Deepstone Crypt. Um, so I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with how they did it. Green. I think there's still too many too many things to answer. Well, and fair, it, right, it's fair. frustrating, but I mean, I'm always going to think there's too many things left to answer. Like, why can we go up to the scary statue lady who's breathing in your face and not go mad? Like, that that's a question worth exploring. I th- I think honestly, it might be because we don't spend very much time around her, and they spend a lot of time around her. Or we're already mad. I don't know. I spent a lot of time standing on top of her looking down her nothing. <laughs> looking down her nothing? No. Okay. Gazing down her mountainous chest. With respect. With respect. <laughs> Respectfully. Respect. Green, shout outs. <laughs> shout out to... I have no idea. I shout out to the world not burning yet. Good job, world. <laughs> We're kidding. That's We're getting so somewhere. Honest. I mean, 
right now. I mean, the recording of this this episode is January 8th, right? Like, the world is kind of crazy. 2020 was crazy. 2021 is proving to be crazier. The world is not falling apart yet. Hold on. Find find your happy place. Find your find your anti-anxiety happiness in whatever way, shape, or form you can because it's just nutty out there. And I dropped my pen. I'm sorry, <laughs> podcast. Orchid, what about Orchid? you? Um, uh, I don't know. Shout out to everyone who already has uh, the raid title. All you sweats. Good job. <laughs> Sweaty raid they're all people. They're all on PC, right? There are yeah, probably no. There's plenty of people who have it on. on Trigger. You're just re- <laughs> you're just referring back to previous inflammatory statements from last September. <laughs> are you trying to like get me in trouble, Blue? Yes, that's my that's one of my requirements. One of the best things that I saw today was someone posted. Um, that they want to they want to return the 2021 purchase they tried the seven day trial period and want a refund no there's no <laughs> refunds i'm sorry <laughs> i tried chat talking about how DLC. 20, 2021 is a forced dlc <laughs> yeah uh but no seriously shout out to everyone who in in all the insanity that is going on right now um you know patience uh, kindness is even more critical at this point. Uh, guess what? Even if you don't agree with people, treat them hu- like they're they're still a human being. Treat them as such. Uh, you know that I think can be applied universally to any situation that we have. Uh, it's something that I've seen a lot of people posting about, um, and I agree a hundred percent with it. It's it's you know we don't have to agree on everything, but you know we do have to treat everybody with. The golden rule is to treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, it's it's really easy. Uh, but <clears throat> that being said, I wanted to, as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.